humanities and social sciences. In this episode, I'm joined by Andrew Robinson, who is going to be discussing Hass in the primary classroom and how it can be integrated as a PBL and across other subjects. So in this episode, I'm joined by Ange Robinson. Thank you very much for joining us. You're welcome. Um, before, we, before we start, a bit of a brief intro. Who are you, Ange, and what do you do in education? Okay, so I'm a classroom teacher. I am, am primary school trained and have uh, been teaching since the early 2000s. I did stop and to have family, but I'm in the classroom full time. And I predominantly flip between pre-primary or prep, known uh, state to state, and years six and seven. So Queensland's only just taken year seven to high school in the last few years. So um, I'm now teaching in year six. So before then, year seven was still technically a primary, a primary, correct? Yes, yeah, it was primary, and it was all okay. on the primary school locations. Now it's moved over to the okay. high school locations. Yeah, right. Okay. So, and um, what what do you do within that classroom? Um, within that the classroom that you're in now, are you um, do you have a preference between you know the early early primary, um, later primary, or? So, yeah, as um, I do, I thoroughly enjoy early the early years. So I have taught a lot of um, prep and now for the last four years I've been back in year six um, and at our school, so it varies school to school, but a lot of our primary schools run with uh, we have specialists in, in PE, music, um, music drama, uh, languages, second languages, and the classroom teacher is responsible for everything else within their own classroom. All right, okay. So, look, um, well, we're going to have a brief chat about um, the integration of HASS, um, the Humanities and Social Sciences, in a primary school setting, which is going to be distinctly different to a, um, a high school setting, and particularly, as you mentioned, where Year 7 has only recently gone from a primary school to a, to a high school context. I'm sure that those kids and those teachers would have gotten a big, it would have been a bit of a disruption in terms of, the way Hass is done in a primary setting to the way it's done in a, in a secondary setting. Absolutely. Um, how, do, how, do you, how do you approach the, the teaching and learning of Hass in a primary school setting? Okay, so um, as I said, the, the teaching and learning is largely um, autonomous in terms of year levels and um, even some cl in classrooms across year levels sometimes. We have probably an hour and a half to two and a half hours a week sort of mandated for the HASS uh, learning area. And I myself in the last three years have been playing a lot with project-based learning. And the first sort of key learning area that I went to was HASS. It just screamed out project-based learning to me and uh, as a way to get children really engaged and getting them some meaningful and authentic sort of opportunities to put their learning into practice and make a difference in the world. I, um, we have lots of curriculum. You really can't do primary school, particularly upper primary school, without integration. That's my personal belief. There is so much, um, so many content, so much content and so many skills that you really must need to integrate subjects to be able to, to go into them deeply. So that's how, how I've been doing it in the last few years and I've brought on board my teaching partners and uh, we're working together through our fails and our successes 
to really make the most of project-based learning in the HASS learning area. Are you able to talk us through a bit more detail in terms of um, what kind of project-based learning you're doing for HASS and, you know, some, some, some examples of it as well? So if there's anyone that's listening that is is in a primary school setting that needs to, to find ways of making it a bit more authentic and, and purposeful, um, that they can, they can take it and run with it. Absolutely. So um, I have really used a, a sort of paired back model of discover, create, share. I know for my students, it is the first opportunity that they've, first time they've been exposed to project-based learning. So we use that discover, create, share model. I um, The first time that I, I had a go with, with my class, I concentrated and, and really went from scratch and we wrote driving questions together. And while that was an amazing process and it really came out with some quality quality driving questions, it took an awfully long time because they weren't familiar with any of the concepts to do with project-based learning. So that was probably a fail in my timeline. Uh, and But having seen the success that came out of that, I, um, I know that it's valuable and worthwhile even starting with the students writing the driving questions. Um, from that experience, I had children come up with driving questions like how they could use cricket to bring together um, sort of warring nations of the world. I had um, students come up with um, dinner and a show Japanese style and uh, another group of students wanting to showcase architecture and the different um, culture through housing and accommodation throughout the world. So once we'd come at those driving questions and I saw the opportunities that the children were really giving themselves through those, that's when I went project-based learning is for me and I truly believe it's for children's learning because um, when they then got their teeth stuck into those those driving questions, they, they didn't want to go to lunch. There's children building, there's children creating. I saw them use their, their talents and their skills. So, for example, um, dinner in a show Japanese style was one of the girls was a dancer. So she took on learning some performance art for that um from Japan and then she instructed and taught the two non-dancers in her team um, and, and it came together. The share part of the project-based learning then was was actually giving uh, our class and a little bit of the wider school community a dinner and a show Japanese style. So they were immersed in this Japanese culture that these three girls provided. Um, so while there was lots of holes and gaps in my first attempt at project-based learning there was there were so many wonderful things where I saw kids switch on and opportunities to build children up and show that they can make a difference that um, I knew it was something for me and just keep trying trying harder and keep having a go at and and the fails were my first attempt in learning. Okay, and um, with with you mentioned a lot of uh, a lot of you know history and geography there, but um, how are you integrating also the enterprise elements of of Hass? So the the business side of things, which I believe is now being pushed through the the um the Australian curriculum in in the primary levels as well. It has been so. Our um so one part of a diocese, my school. I'm in a Catholic primary school, and we're part of a diocese, and. At the moment, we're concentrating on putting that business and economic side of it through, but probably more incidentally than than the history and the geography and the civics and citizenship. Um, I think it's they, they've recognised that the curriculum is so jam-packed that we need to to have this bit just added in and chucked in and told that that we need to include it to do it well. We need to step back and learn that content and 
that knowledge and then see how we can integrate it into the, um, the um, well, for me, the project-based learning tasks that, that I'm doing. Um, it's coming through in all three of our, I'm currently writing or helping um, one of our curriculum leaders in our head office to write some sample units and it's coming through, the business and economics is coming through in the three main units that we're writing across the year. Um, and we're taking a very timeline approach to those three units. We're starting back at Federation and the pioneers from the in the poets and the from the past, moving forward into the era of migration and our our establishing ourselves as a nation, and then forwards into well, what does this mean for us is in our world now? The year six curriculum very much goes from local to global. And part of that, um, how do we look and use the businesses? And the economics of the past, what does it mean for us now? And then how can we move that into the future? Um, I have in my head my visions driving questions. I'm in a very um, diverse area and I intend to use the industry all around me. With um, I'm in the Bundaberg region, so Bundaberg Sugar. Um, we've got a, an industry right in front of our eyes. Our students drive past it every day and see it from woe to go. So... As I'm learning that content and that knowledge and slowly putting it into to my planned lessons, it's um, it's going to develop into, I think, quite predominant, uh, to be quite a predominant component of the project-based learning that I do into the future. And you, before we go, um, you, you mentioned a little bit earlier about, um, about the fact that in primary schools you do need to um, not collapse but um, but merge a lot of uh, a lot of subjects together in order to get through some of the the, the jam packed content. Is that correct? Absolutely, yeah. So how are you how are you integrating HAS with uh, any of the other key learning areas in the primary setting? So um, that varies. So we've I've integrated it through English marries beautifully with English with um, um, and and looking at persuasive texts and civics and citizenship and how do we use this knowledge that we have of our governments and our three levels of governments, you know, how do we actually use it to be somebody who can make a difference here um, and then and then creating persuasive texts and advertising campaigns, et cetera, to, to, to get a change. Well, what change do you want? And we've put forms out to, to the local community, people that live in your suburb, you know, how is an improvement or where's a problem that you see in your suburb and then they're using that, they're uh, their persuasive text to campaign and get in touch with their local politicians to communicate with them. We've had one student present, you know, meet with the mayor and present a petition. Um, that's that's uh, English just marries beautifully with it. The arts as well, the arts. Um, we use the arts a fair bit through drama particularly. They love, the children love role play and drama. And, and when you say in, your, in the create phase and that share phase, um, the arts just marry beautifully with being able to inform an audience um, of, of whatever it is that you've been working on. So we see lots of performance, dance and drama come through and I've seen children work for hours. As I said, lunchtimes, they'll be through lunchtimes and, and they're in a part of a team and, and the teamwork component of the project-based learning is another really important factor and we do a lot of work on their teamwork and so you'll end up with the the boy who you might never have had 
wanting to spend lunchtime learning a dance because he's part of a team that's created all this ownership over this work and what they've discovered and what they're creating. He's happily in there learning a, a, a foreign dance with the, the perhaps the expert in the group who's who's brought it in and, and instructing and teaching the, the rest of the group. And, and I'm really quite removed from that teaching and learning at that stage and I'm really just there facilitating um, different parts of it. Data, maths, where are our migrants from? We've explored some quite complex data with some of um, students who, who really were getting into it last year and, and we're creating a teaching and learning package about um, some migrants. So we really explored and, and the level of data that we ended up looking at is not something that would have cropped up in, in our maths units, in our maths and learning, but it was relevant. They wanted to explore it once they understood the first bit of um, data that they'd, they'd found and collected. And so they, they kept going and it was, yeah, um, the, the subject areas crop up everywhere. Fantastic. Well, look, um, this has been um, this has been a great chat in terms of how you're using HASS in the primary classroom, which a lot of a lot of teachers, I think, struggle to do because uh, from from what I've I've heard from from primary school colleagues is that um, it doesn't tend to get the same sort of um, uh, the same sort of airtime as uh, some other subjects. Um, which is a shame. Um, but also, there's a lot more of a, a preference put on some elements of Hass as opposed to others. So, for example, a lot more, um, a lot more emphasis on the history side as opposed to geography. Um, so, in terms of in terms of getting some great ideas of how they can integrate and how they can um, implement Hass in their classroom, this has been a really informative chat. Thank you very much. Uh, you're welcome. Um, before we head off, is there any final words you'd like to uh, leave us with? Uh, no, just to say that. Um, I think it's a really, really, really exciting time to be an educator and, um, and I feel really privileged to be in the position where I am and I'm in touch with children daily and I truly believe that, that you know, I'm working with 10, 11 and 12-year-olds that, that they are ready to change the world and they, they they certainly will do a good job of it. Fantastic. Well, Anne Robinson, thank you very much for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. To continue the conversation, find us on Twitter at hashtag HasChat. This podcast is part of the Australian Educators Online Network. AEON.net.au